Hello, good morning everybody, and welcome to a special full episode of my podcast, God Have Heart Wrestling, featuring your truly Jamal Honus. And today we are gonna talk about the career of the one, the almighty Bobby Lashley. Well, I'm specifically gonna talk about his second run in the WWE from 2018 through well now, you know. And let's just say it's been making headways anywhere. I mean, who expected Bobby Lashley to come back into the WWE after his first run from 2005 through 2007. And, of course, we know the story about how Bobby Lashley's last real televised match was in the Monday Night after Great American Bash after losing to John Cena for the WWE Championship at the Great American Bash 2007. And I think it was last night on Raw, I think either against King Booker or Shelton Benjamin, one of those two. But precisely, it was one of those... Things that left us fans wondering why did Lashley leave in the first place? I think mainly from what I've heard on my part, due to frustration and you know disappointment about him not being on top and not and, and wanting to, to pursue other things like like MMA, kind of like you know what Brock Lesnar did back in two thousand four, after he was publicly well known, made publicly known that he was going to leave that to be after Brock Lesnar's match at WrestleMania 20 in the Garden, New York City. So, pretty crazy to talk about here. But first of all, I want to wish you guys a late Merry Christmas, and hopefully you guys had a good holiday. We really are only about, what, two or three days, you know, left of 2021. And heading to New Year, 2022 is just around the corner, and hopefully any one of you that has big plans for this Friday night, going to watch the ball drop wherever you are. Please be safe. The... We are having another COVID dilemma where it's back on the rise. We are forced to be mandated wearing our masks again, keeping our distance six feet apart. And hopefully you guys are doing just that. And just keeping safe and being healthy in general. And wishing you guys the happiest of New Year's that, you know, we all made through 2021. Wasn't as bad as 2020 was, but hell, you know, it it could likely be, well, we are heading to 2022 with the whole chaos COVID dilemma dilemma happening again. So, yeah, it's everybody be safe out there. Enough about that. Let's dive into Bob Lashley's career. You know, it's been pretty surreal. He had a good, great MMA career. And it's not, you know, wasn't as popular as it was on um, Brock Lesnar's MMA debut. And Brock Lesnar's going on to become the, you know, UFC heavyweight champion. But, you know, he was pretty good, you know, doing good in Bellator. He was very well-known in Bellator. Not too bad of a record. You know, he had a good amount of wins and losses. You know, it happens in MMA career. So we can expect that from a dominance of Bobby Lashley, you know. And then he went out to pursue Impact Wrestling, where he became the Impact Wrestling World Champion, I think about three times, three-time Impact Wrestling Champion. But, yeah, you know, let's just say Bobby Lashley had a good career. Not being done with wrestling completely. You know, I was watching, um, you know, I didn't know, I, I totally forgot what this happened. You know, at the MMA, when Bobby Lashley had made his debut, I think after the TNA's lockdown 09 event in uh, Philadelphia that time, during the Lethal Lockdown match, I think Team Angle or Team Jarrett, something like that. But yeah, you know, him coming out the end, like, oh my God, I forgot that happened. You know, that's how Bobby Lashley stayed tenured with that company for so long. You know, feeding with the best of them in TNA wrestling and becoming way more dominant. You know, during down, down his time in TNA wrestling. You know, being managed by MVP, making good friends with Kenny King. If anybody ever forgot who Kenny King was, very phenomenal. 
you know, exhibition wrestler at the time. So very, I think Kenny King to me is probably one of the most underrated stars during that time period in TNA wrestling. So Impact Wrestling in general. So yeah, you know, go back to watch Kenny King's matches on, you know, Impact Plus. Very, very, very well performed athlete. You know, so that's my shout out to Kenny King right there. You know, so yeah, but it's been completely, you know, her. Heading into 2018, we had rumors about Valachie coming back to the WWE. I was one of the people that did not think it was true. And I'm glad I actually bit my tongue on this one because it actually did come back the night after WrestleMania 34, interrupting Elias. And I'm thinking, okay, it's cool to see you actually back in the WWE. Why Elias, though? You know, it never became a feud. I think they had just one match. The week after, and that feud was really done for. I think went on to be with Sami Zayn, which may actually made things interesting. This, uh, but lastly, Sami Zayn feud was pretty cool. You know, Sami, Sami Zayn talked about his sister, putting him through these boot camp challenges, as well. Now, Bobby Lashley was a former Army Ranger. You know, before he ever got into professional wrestling, you know, years and years ago. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's been pretty interesting to see there. You know, for the most part. But yeah, Bob Lashley coming back, dominating again like he had never left. You know, even guys like Elias, Sami Zayn. And it was really cool when we saw how um, Roman was trying to at least, you know, chase after the U.S. Championship. Was successful, even though he quote-unquote should have won the match at the Great Four Rumble against Lesnar inside that steel cage. But technically, it was a draw. Lesnar was still champion. And then um, Reigns went out to feud with Samoa Joe beating my backlash. You know, and then went on to a few with General Mahal. And I'm thinking, okay, is this the highest point of Reigns' career is going to feud with these mid-card wrestlers? And I'm like, and I know Mahal's a former WWE champion from last year and the year before in 2017. But it's like, they got to do Roman better than this. I mean, come on, this is like mid-card, mid-card level stuff, you know? So, I guess when, at the time, Lashley wanted to chase after Lesnar for Universal Championship and watch out. Okay, we're going to finally get the dream match between Lesnar and Lashley that we never had before when these two were in different time periods that it be. Mind, not the same time. Because Lesnar had left town for it. And a year, year and a half later, while Lashley appeared on the SmackDown brand. You know, so this was actually the first time that Lesnar and Lashley had been in the on the same roster at the same time. And Lesnar is a world champion. So, I think, okay, we're going to finally get a Lesnar... Lashley match, of course, you know, Roman Reigns had to interfere in it. By the time, I think at that time, Carnegie was the raw general manager, and, you know, he was trying to decide who of the two should get the top shot against Lesnar at SummerSlam between Lashley and Reigns. So, he made a match for Extreme Rules, you know, 2018, and we was finally going to see, you know, um, well, first time ever, we're going to see Reigns and Lashley one-on-one. I thought this was really interesting, considering the fact that, you know, Lashley had just come back, you know, a few months later, now he's been with Reigns for a big championship match against Lesnar for SummerSlam in Brooklyn. So, I'm thinking, okay, this is Lashley's really chance to stand on the shine. But then you don't want Roman Reigns to lose either because you feel like he's a guy that can finally go toe-to-toe with, with um, Lesnar and beat him. You know, we're not sure about Lashley. Even Lashley's dominant, but we really don't know if Lashley can beat Lesnar straight up one-on-one. You know, but, you know, everything happened for a reason, you know. So we got this good match at Extreme Rules 2018 July, and it was a really good match back and forth. I remember watching that match and seeing, I think, at the time where I think either Lesnar, no, actually was a suplex out there, or a small draw, or flipped over the top rope, and he landed 
head first on that floor. Remember that very thin matting outside the ring is what protects the concrete from superstars hitting that floor hard. But I think he landed on his head. I'm like, ooh, that was a very bad spell at the time. And I'm thinking, oh shit, I'll last thing doesn't come hurt from this or a serious concussion of some sort. So and you know, luckily they continued with the match for another 15 minutes or so, and you know, thank God he was okay. And I think at the end of the match, we see Roman Reigns with the spirit, and Lashley comes out with a spirit of his own, and then gets the one, two, three, and beats Reigns. And I'm like, oh, shit, Lashley did it. He beat Reigns. I'm like, damn. You know, Lashley is definitely going to be the man that is going to decimate Lashley and take the chance from him. This was a little bit of a swear, but I did not agree with this. The next one, you know, we heard about Angle was due to Lesnar. Lesnar didn't show up, stripping the championship, so-and-so. Okay. You know, Lesnar shows up next to Raw Paul Heyman and agrees to match with SummerSlam. But then Reigns didn't think it was fair that he's not going to touch that. Even though he is the uncrowned Universal Champion, you know, and many, I think mine too, you know, I think Roman Reigns was the uncrowned Universal Champion at the time. So I'm thinking, okay, you know, is he ever going to touch out again? Now Lashley is in position as a contender for the championship. So when Reigns, you know, Karen goes sets up another match between Reigns and Lesnar again. The second match I didn't like as much as the first one, even though it was on Monday Night Raw. And then with this time, Lashley did, no, Lashley did lose to Reigns, and all of a sudden, Reigns is getting a shot at SummerSlam against Lesnar. And I didn't agree with this. It sucked because Lashley was kept out of SummerSlam that year, you know, and it was like, uh, it was kind of frustration to the fans that really wanted to see Lesnar and Lashley one-on-one, but now they don't. So it's like, damn, what what kind of predicament does this put Lashley in? You know, it kind of sucks, you know? Does he go back to feeding with mid-card superstars? Does he get try to get back on top for a title shot? You know, because Reigns did go on to defeat Lesnar SummerSlam. Reigns did become the Universal Champion that night in Brooklyn. So I was like, okay. But then now... You know, Leo Rush, very, very well-talented athlete and wrestler, you know, becomes Lashley's manager. And now Lashley turned heel, you know. And, you know, Lashley's now heel. He's rolling with Leo Rush. I think this is kind of the up-and-coming for Bobby Lashley to become dominant because Leo Rush really got to open Lashley's eyes and see how dominant he can be. This was good. This was definitely a good thing for, you know, um, Lashley to become that dominant person as he was in Impact Wrestling. You know, at the time he when he wasn't in fact world champion, so this was actually a good thing. Even though I really found Leo Rush annoying, you know, because take it from me, Leo Rush when he was on the mic at that time and just talking, 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 and his voice is not really as deep as it should be for a guy. So it's like, okay, somebody put their muzzle on this guy. You know, Lastly, not good, not that good a mic either, but he didn't really need to be because he was dominant as a wrestler. So that kind of makes up for. His uh mic skills, you know, but Leo Rush, eh, I I I really thought I found it so freaking annoying. It was like, uh, okay, you know, <laughs> but at the time it really helped boost Lashley's career as far as the dominant persona, you know. At the time, I think I was um, I remember one time I was, I went to a Midnight Raw that came here to Providence, Rhode Island on eight on October twenty second, twenty eighteen. And I think that was open match. It was uh, Lashley versus Valor that time. And Leah Leah Rush's voice in person is more annoying than it is on TV, you know? So, it was like, uh, okay, you know? <laughs> it 
And I was like, okay, yeah, just look that shit up. And I think the guy sitting next to me was a stranger. I didn't know whatsoever. He was a black guy, but um, cool, you know, friendly guy. I think, and this is the best part about going to a WWE event. Taking from me, this is my personal experience. I've been to about a few handfuls of WWE events in my entire life. But what do you, really, what do, you do? You can talk to strangers. It make it feel like you've known a person your whole life. You're talking to them about wrestling, the storylines, the characters, their experiences, and it feels like you've known this person so long. That's how I feel about the guy sitting next to me. And he has said that Leo Rush reminds him of Lashley's young, annoying brother. Younger, annoying brother. And I, I agree with him on that. It really felt like it, you know, <laughs> or it's a... Uh, has many is many twins of, some, of, of that some source, and it was just it was pretty funny, you know, because it really does. We hear Leah Rush talking to Mike, you know, he's saying all the right things, but his voice just sounds so annoying, you know. <laughs> it's like what is it's like it's like worse they hear a sexual Sherry talk when she used to talking that old old Luna Bashan at the time during the Attitude Era, you know, it was like ah okay, you don't want to hear that voice, you know, so. But yeah, you know, that's 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 my personal experience and it was pretty crazy. You know, but from this standpoint, it really helped Balashi boost his career, you know. He had a few with Ballot for a little bit, they went on to feel with Elias again when Elias was turning babyface here. How did, did I feel I don't know if any of you guys agree if Elias was good as a babyface character. I don't really think he, I think he was trying to get over his character, but I think Lice was way better off as a heel, and from my personal understanding, so yeah. And I think they had this uh ladder match at TLC, um, what was it? T- um, TLC 2018. Him and Lice in this ladder match for the guitar, and whoever gets gets to use the guitar. And this match was actually planned for the main show, but it was actually with the pre show because match was damn the event was damn near four hours that night. But they had moved to the one-hour kickoff show, and I don't know. It wasn't really that good of a match. Last year in the last match, he, I think he won that match. But I was like, eh, it, it was a, uh, it was kind of a letdown. Well, I probably won't work last match if you have seen. So, yeah, pretty, pretty weird, you know. But yeah, when we come back, we'll see the story into 2019 about Bob Lashley's career and dominance when he became the Intercontinental Champion. We'll be right back. All right, we are back on a special full episode of my podcast, God at Heart Wrestling. And we are today talking about Bob Lashley's comeback into dominance. Well, I, I, I kind of work, work on a better title than that, but you know what I mean. Bob Lashley's second run in the WWE here. Headed into 2019, he was with this faction with um, Baron Corbin, with him and Drew McIntyre, which I, I actually could believe that could have been like kind of a dominant faction. Because all tall guys... You know, Baron Corbin was the interim manager of Raw at the time, taking over for Kurt Angle with a storyline. And pretty much Baron Corbin was in charge of Monday at Raw. And he had these two muscle-bound, you know, freaks of Lashley McIntyre with them. So it was pretty much like Baron Corbin could have been very, very dominant. At one time, they was even with Braun Strowman before Braun Strowman broke apart and wanted to become the Universal Champion. You know, Hat well, at least wanted to get the title shot. I guess that didn't work out. You know, we saw we all saw what happened at TLC where Lashley destroyed um, Corbin, and not Lashley, um, Strowman destroyed Corbin in that TLC match thanks to Heath Slater as special referee at that time. But yeah, you know, I think that could have been a very dominant faction for the most part. So pretty, pretty cool, you know. Again, but yeah, you know, yeah, Intercontinental Champion, 
you know, at that time. And I think that was match that wrong in January where we had uh, Lashley versus uh, Rollins for the IC title. And, you know, Lashley had beaten Rollins, I think, with the help of Leo Rush to become the IC, title, IC champion that time. And I, I was like, okay, well, this is the first time Lashley is in country champion. Let's see how this run is going to be really good. You know, Lashley hasn't, he hasn't just been chance he's not lasting as long as they should. The only chance I, I could believe that lasted longest his career was, was the ECW champion. When uh, he was ECW champion from December 06 through April 07. And this was stupid. Lashley lost the ECW championship to Mr. McMahon at Backlash 07 in Atlanta, Georgia. I thought that was probably one of the dumbest things. Considering that Mr. Man, the guy has a shape ball was made by Donald Trump, thanks to Lashley and Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, who was the referee that match. So I thought it was stupid to take the championship and drop it to McMahon. Even Lashley got a championship a month later, Judgment Day 07, but then gashed with the championship again just because, you know, of outside stupid interference. And Lashley got a championship again when I stand on WWE's when I stand. In 07 in Jacksonville, and then lost it again due to the draft and him being traded over to Monero. I thought that was a huge downfall of Lashley's career. I did not, I gotta admit, I didn't, I didn't like Lashley's first one at WWE. It was too fucking mediocre, and they could have done a lot with Lashley, and they decided they didn't do it. For whatever reason, I don't know. But yeah, you know, second run, you know, he's now a champion, IC champion, well, along with Leo Rush. Okay, it's pretty cool. This I thought was kind of weird. But Lashley, when Leo Rush had Lashley showing pose down the muscles and his glutes, which means his ass. I thought this was kind of weird for Lashley to be bending over and showing how muscular his calves, his, his uh, backwards legs, quads, and his ass. That, I, I think that's kind of embarrassing. I, I didn't like that whatsoever. And I was like, okay, yeah, this this is where it starts to become really weird now at the time. So, yeah, evidently, Lashley lost the title to Balor, I think, at uh, at Fastlane, and then regained it back, you know, on um, another episode when they rocked night after. So, I was like, okay, this title is kind of saying hot potato, you know. And then, you know, um, we had that match with Lashley and Balor, the demon from Balor, at WrestleMania 35, and each with the front of Jersey. It was a good match. It was pretty decent for the most part. You know, I think it was, it was a good match. And it's like, now Lashley got beat by the smaller guy. Because I didn't like, I, I, didn't, I, didn't think, I didn't think it was not a good match. Because I feel like the demon from Balor had every right to beat Lashley and take that championship that night. It was a good match. It was decent. You know, it felt kind of like a two-minute match of a battle beat. No, it went like a good almost 10 minutes. So it wasn't too bad. You know, it could have been better, but it wasn't too bad. But it wasn't the worst match between Bala and Lash at the time. You know, I think it was pretty decent for the most part. You know, and then, you know, Lashley, of course, enraged. And this is where I think after WrestleMania, when Bob Lashley started showing how truly dominant he was. I think he was out for a few weeks after that. Then started feuding with, feuding with Strowman. I thought this was interesting because I always wanted to see what how Lashley and Strowman would one on one. We saw these two team up. I think this was Lashley's first, no, no, his second pay per view match when uh, Lashley in twenty eighteen, where 
he teamed up with Strowman to face against almost insane, same as Zane. So, and I think that was pretty dominant. I think that was kind of mismatch <laughs> in every way. Don't get me wrong. Kevin Owens and Zane are good wrestlers, best friends and all, but if you don't get a, a tandem like Lashley and Strowman, good luck, you know? <laughs> so, well, I was pretty disinvested at the time, you know? It wasn't really as bad as I thought it would be, you know? So, yeah, but then now we have uh, Strowman Lashley going one-on-one. This was pretty awesome. Because I think the first time we thought he to go at it was on Monday Night Raw. I think it was a false hand word. I think something like that. That I don't know if we had, ever had a winner that night. And then those two thought this, that those two had a really good match and led to having an Extreme Rules last minute standing match at Extreme Rules 2019. I think, yeah, uh, fucking Strowman had stayed laughing through the freaking LED set board. You know, I was like, oh, shit, this is crazy. This is what's cool. I, I really wanted to see stuff like this happen. You know, it was, it was really dominant, and it was pretty cool. At the same time, you know, I, I really enjoyed it, you know. And it's like, damn. Because we already know how dominant Arnold Strowman can be throughout everything he has done, you know, throughout, you know, his entire career. So, yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty cool to see like stuff like that happen, you know. And I enjoyed it for the most part. You know, it's really good. And of course, we saw these two going to tug of war, you know, Monday Raw, and then in June of 2019, we started to have an arm wrestling contest. And yeah, you know, it was just very, very cool. You know, I I loved it for the most part. You know, it was like, it was like um at the time, I wish like they could have been like. Full blown rivalry. I think it, that was the that was it. I think Extremes was their final match with each other at the time. So yeah, but other than that, it was pretty cool. I loved it for the most part, and I wish we had gotten more out of that. You know, so yeah, for the most part, it wasn't wasn't as bad. You know, it it wasn't as bad whatsoever. So yeah, <laughs> for the most part, I think it was a pretty good mini rivalry, you know, so yeah. Pretty pretty cool dominant at the time. But yeah, you know, after that I think um you know, we're probably won that match. I think we have not seen Lashley for quite some time. But it was pretty interesting because the Monday Night Raw had a season premiere episode on September thirtieth, twenty nineteen, where I think Rusev got a tire shock and stepped on in the main event for the Universal Championship after Seth Rollins had defeated Lesnar at Stumble in 2019 to become the Universal Champion. That was pretty cool. I thought it was interesting because Rusev was not really as main strong, but Rusev was so over as Rusev Day, it was no choice but to put him as a, as the main event in the season for Monday Raw that year. I think that was actually a smart decision by WWE to do that. And it turned out to be a really good match. Seth Rollins had won that match that night. But due to a distraction, we saw Lashley return to WWE TV, and I'm thinking... Okay, this is gonna be really interesting. Lashley Rusev, like, what's gonna happen here? And they see Lana come out, and then she's making out with Lashley. I was like, oh shit, that is going there now with these storylines. Right, mind you, Rusev and Lana are a married couple in real life. Now you have Bobby Lashley, who is not Leah Rush anymore. Leah Rush had going out to do things at NXT and become a cooler champion, which is good. Again, if you guys don't know who Leah Rush is, watch his greatest matches. And moments in WWE NXT at the time before he left to pursue Impact Wrestling and now in AEW. You know, Leo Rush is a great talent. 
you know, especially when he was in NXT in 205 he was an amazing Kool champion, you know, before he lost the chance to um, Angel Garza at the time, I, I, I believe so. But yeah, you know, going back to this, like, I was like, damn, that he's doing breakup married couples on TV where the wife is fooling around with a guy just because, you know, as she spilled the laundry on TV about Ruth not sense for her enough, not being a good husband, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I thought maybe this is pushing the envelope a little bit, but I think it kind of was more to what the editor had been for a story like this. So, yeah, this is pretty crazy, you know. And they, we have seen a lot of vignettes about numerous romantic situations between Lashley and Lana, and I was like, wow. Okay, this is pretty interesting, you know. This led to a uh, match at a TLC between uh, Lashley and Rusev uh, tables match, you know. And it's just crazy, you know. He Lashley went on to defeat Rusev in tables match with the distraction by Lana. I was like, damn. This is Donald Lashley. He got the girl. He has money. He's overpowering the the Russian bulldozer Rusev, and it's like, wow. Okay, this is Donald Lashley. He's I think, and that's wrong. He's pretty much on top of the world. You know, he's not a champion, but he's he's on top of the world. You know, so this is really interesting to see what was going to happen. You know, next after this, you know, and then don't, who could ever forget we had that uh that marriage ceremony on the final episode of Raw in 2019. Where Lashley was going to marry Lana, Rusev not being there, and then we have Liv Morgan come back to WTV, interrupt the whole match ceremony, and revealed that her and Lana were lovers at one time. I was like, "Ooh, okay, this is really interesting here. This is kind of stuff I wanted to see every week. I was a fan of the storyline. I really was. I would think, oh shit, what's gonna happen next? You know, this is pretty crazy." You know, this is really, really crazy, you know? And then at the time, I think heading to 2020, we had known that Lashley and Russo were going to be in a world match. But I think this is kind of silly because on commentary, Michael, I discussed that they got to probably before the Rumble pay-per-view event had taken place. They were both not disqualified from the Rumble. And I'm like, okay, is this, is this kind of a story right now? Them telling us that they're not going to be in the 30-man world of a match? It's, it was kind of weird. But I thought, okay, this is, I guess it's not too bad. Considering that the year before, actually was in the Rumble for about maybe a minute before being eliminated by the eventual winner, Seth Rollins, in 2019. So, actually, it's not going to be in the Rumble again. So, I'm like, damn, actually, Rumble record kind of sucks a little bit, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I guess on a, this is a cool match. If you watch the February 17, 2020 episode of Monday Raw, it was actually a good match with uh, he teamed up with Angel Garza and defeated uh, Rusev who went to Carrillo. And that was pretty much the end of their rivalry after that. You know, so they didn't really feud too much after that. And yeah, this is pretty crazy. Glasser would then, of course, have Lana still as his manager. Where, um, you know, he competed in that, uh, what was that thing? The cool, the two what trophy at a Super Showdown 2020. Foster, and then he went up. I thought it was interesting. He had engaged right with Alistair Black at the time, and they were competing one on WrestleMania 36. I kind of I called it the cold WrestleMania, so for the most part. But yeah, they competed WrestleMania 36. He had lost to 
I was like in the 10 minutes, I'm like, damn, last year's on a real losing streak. Absence being Tina Milano here, so I was like, ugh. And then, of course, that came to an end here, but this was the birth of something really good and fresh. But we'll talk about that when we come back right after this advertisement. Alrighty, we are back in this full episode of Gotta Have Heart Wrestling featuring your show, Jamal Honus. And let's get back to Bob Lashley's second run in the WWE. This was, of course, far about 2020. Even though WWE had gone through major shutdowns with certain cities and certain venues and arenas, and they had to, quote-unquote, go down to the performance center to do their weekly shows of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Of course, every, things happen for a reason. You have, to, you have to resort. But for Bob Lashley's career, I think this was part of his rejuvenation here. You know, this was pretty much what started to be probably one of the best parts about his career. You know, after Lashley... You know, lost the last black WrestleMania. He has started a winning streak against you know various predators again. But this is pretty cool. On May 11th edition of Monday Night Raw, he had aligned himself once again with his longtime friend MVP. Because if you know the history between Lashley and MVP, they are longtime friends in real life. They go way back into their first one that be together, and you know, of course, and them being together back at Impact Wrestling. So they go ooh, long, long back. You know, this is pretty cool. You know, at the same time, it kind of enraged Lana to a point where Lashley did not want anything to do with Lana anymore. So, yeah, this is pretty crazy, you know? Of course, the following episode of Raw, Lashley and MVP had deserved the Magnetize match from the stage, which Hinton and Lashley wanted to become WWE champion. You know, of course, Magnetize was a champion at that time, and let's just, I kind of got to take a pause right here. I want to give credit credit to Lashley. That was good. But McIntyre's run the WWE throughout the COVID era as the WWE champion, as the top man in the WWE, really personified what WWE is all about. He really held down the company when McIntyre was the WWE champion at that time during the COVID era in WWE. I mean, big props to McIntyre for giving us some, so many great matches during the time in the WWE throughout the COVID era. You know, actually, I mean, McIntyre definitely one of the best. You know, it still is one of the best in the WWE today. You know, and it's crazy, you know, because McIntyre has said that he really wanted to face Lashley at Backlash, you know, 2020. But, you know, of course, at the event on June 14th, you know, Lashley lost to McIntyre, you know, following interference from Lana. And this is pretty crazy because Matt the Raw, Lashley had really blamed Lana for, like, losing um, his time match to um, McIntyre at Backlash 2020. So, that's pretty crazy, you know? And it kind of kind of um, ended their romantic storyline, you know, as as it was, I guess, June from the beginning, I guess. It was a good storyline to begin with, but as it closer got to the end, eh, not so much, you know? But after that, of course, Lashley would engage in storyline with Apollo Crews, and on June 22nd, episode of Night Raw, he attacked Apollo Crews and put him in that fullness and hold. I think that was actually the first time that we saw that fullness and lock, and I think, you know, Lashley started using it on the regular now instead of his uh, uh his power slam, you know, he started using that full no full full Nelson walk where nobody can barely break out of it because Lashley's so freaking strong, you know. That was his, that was his game changer. That was his ace in the hole. Every time Lashley had that that lock put on any of his opponents, they would tap out quickly, you know. So that was pretty crazy, you know. And this is pretty cool. You know, of course, now Lashley MVP had found an ally in Shawn Benjamin 
And that's when WWE came up with the name The Hurt Business. Pretty strong, cool thing, you know. The Hurt Lock is where now I went into the Hurt Business with Lashley, with um, Lashley, MVP, and Benjamin. That's pretty cool because Benjamin Square was kind of uh, winding down to a little bit. So this is kind of a donation for um, Sean Benjamin being lined by Lashley, MVP, and calling themselves a the Hurt Business. This is pretty badass, you know. I I I love this part about that it was COVID era, you know. And of course, you know, at the time when Benjamin was locked in a rival with um Patrick Alexander that involved Lashley here, this is pretty cool, you know. And again, at the time, I think MVP was wrestling on a part time basis, so I think at one time Lashley, MVP became the United Champion by defeating Paulo Cruz thanks to Lashley. But I kind of find it weird. I don't know if you guys find this weird that why wasn't Lashley. Being the one putting his champion, my MVP again. We all know MVP, the former multiple time US champion. Of course, MVP at one time held the United Championship for damn near a year in WWE. It's well known. That's history. But why in this age, instead of putting it on Lashley, put it on a guy who's not wrestling full time? I mean, did it really cool to see MVP as the champion? It was pretty cool. He even brought back that, that theme song he used one time in 2010 at the Survivor Series, you know? So that song called Ballin. That was pretty cool to hear the song again, but I kind of found it really weird. And of course, Lash, uh, Apollo was regained attention back at SummerSlam's kickoff show in 2020. You know, you never see it coming, you know? So, yeah. But then again, you know, Cedric Alexander had joined the stable, and now for them, Lashley MVP, Benjamin, and Alexander had really formed themselves to be a hurt business, you know, at the time. And that payback, Lashley went on to be Paul Cruz to win the NXT Championship for that second time Lashley's career has been a U.S. champion. Mind you, the first time he was the United States champion was back in 06 when he, he had defeated and retired JBL on the um, episode of SmackDown after Judgment Day in 06 at the time. That was pretty big, too, in Lashley's career to get that that um, that recognition of defeating a former WWE champion for the United States champion at that time when JBL was at his best. You know, so... Pretty crazy, you know? And, of course, Lashley and Apollo Crews had a rematch at Clash Champions. Lashley would have gone to retain, you know? And, of course, he had a, a match against uh, Slapjack, you know? I, I don't know his real name. I'm going to call him Slapjack at home. So, playing championship. And against um, guys like Jeff Hardy and Tyler Sunil on Several episodes of Raw that time. So let's just say Lashley's championship reign as the United States champion was pretty dominant. You know, along with the Hurt Business, Lashley was not, you know, giving up that championship anytime soon. You know, and why would he? I mean, he's a dominant champion at the time, you know. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. You got the Hurt Business, you got it. one of the best managers, MVP. You got, you know, this uh, Hurt Lock that nobody can break out of. Who would, you know, be champion? You know, Lashley was a dominant champion. You know, it's kind of like, you kind of got to compare it to Ross Ashley Tottenham ring from 1997 all the way through something in 98. That was a dominant Ashley Tottenham ring. Or Randy on championship ring from Armageddon 03 through Vengeance 04. That was kind of like what MVP had here. You know, and those were all stables. Rock was with the nation domination. And, of course, Randy on was evolution. You know, we all know history right there. If you're going to be a stable media champion, and guess what? You're going to have a lengthy title reign, no matter what. 
you know, so this is pretty cool on his part, you know. But yeah, you know, um, let's take a pause right here. I want to compare how dominant the her business was because Benjamin Alexander Wallace's tag team champion at the time last year was the United States champion. This was pretty cool. I think at that time, if MVP could wrestle again, he would he would have contended to become the WWE champion. Or if MVP was the champion, Bob Lashley was the WWE champion, and then Benjamin Alexander would hold the Raw Tag Team Champions together. This was pretty damn cool. It gave rejuvenation to all four of these guys' careers. You know, it made them really dominant as a faction. You know, so I I, I loved it for the most part. I really did. You know, kudos to MVP for bringing all three of these guys together and making them a faction. They were as dominant as the second run of the second run of the nation. Not the nation of nation with Farouk, but the nation with The Rock, D'Lo, Mark Henry, and The Godfather. You know, that 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 was kind of remnants of them, you know? But I don't know. If you can compare Lashley to The Rock, maybe, but you got to kind of compare MVP to The Rock, just because he had that look. You know, it's, it's pretty surreal. I mean, you can really think about it. The Hurt Business was like the second... Uh, uh, what you call it, throwback of the nation nomination or the nation in general. They were that damn good. You know, they were unstoppable. They were on top and they were, you know, beating the punks left and right. You know, they they couldn't be stopped. You know, basically they cannot be stopped. So, yeah, it's just pretty, pretty cool, you know. And even, you know, even though last year entered the World Bowl in 2021, and, and sadly he was eliminated by multiple superstars though so it was it was okay because i didn't expect lashley to win the world that year but it was like yeah okay he's still champion he's still dominant regardless so yeah so not a bad like championship run from him so yeah it wasn't really too bad it sucks you know at that time um going to the chamber he was supposedly supposed to defend a one-on-one against riddle but also tend to put the match involving John Morrison. So I'm like, okay, this is not too bad. John Morrison, you know, trying to be things better, you know, and actually in Riddle, I mean, this is pretty amazing. Riddle, I think of Riddle as one of the most amazing competitors right now. Even teaming with Randy Orton as RK Bro, you know, and them being the tag champs right now that I be. I mean, Riddle is a one of the lifetime athlete, you know, because right now Riddle is struggling both Raw and NXT at the same time. Right now, Riddle has a match with Randy Orton against um, the Street Profits this Saturday at that'll be day one. And then he's going to New Year's Evil next week, Tuesday night, to team with MSK to go against Imperium and Walter. That's, those two matches are going to be really must-see. Because if you guys are watching the Deadpool Life, catch two matches on WWE day one Saturday night. And then NXT's New Year's Evil next Tuesday night, 8 o'clock on the USA Network. So it's going to be pretty badass, you know. Riddle is a once my time athlete, you know. But sadly, in the the matches, you are most likely to lose the championship, and that's what Lashley did. Riddle had pinned John Morrison to win the United Championship at the time, and of course, Lashley being enraged because he wasn't involved in the pinfall. Any superstar would be. He lose the championship without actually being beaten to lose the title, but still lose the championship anyways. You know? And thus ended, you know, Lashley's 175-day title reign. You know, so impressive title reign. It sucked that it ended so soon. I think 175 days is too soon to lose a championship reign like the United Championship. So, yeah. But this would not stop the dominance of Lashley. Lashley, later on that same night, after Drew McIntyre retained the WWE Championship in a 
very hellacious chamber match against five of WWE's top Raw stars would attack McIntyre out of nowhere. I'm thinking, oh shit, okay, well actually, you know, the not the United States anymore, but you want to go, he wants to go out to McIntyre for the WWE Championship. You know, this was pretty badass, you know? I was going to think, like, okay, if McIntyre doesn't point for WrestleMania, most likely he's going to be actually challenged for the championship. That makes sense, you know, since Edge won the Rumble, Edge decided to go out to Reigns' universal championship at the time, you know? But then we see the Miz come out there and cash in money in the bank, and Miz is now WWE champion in 2021. Mind you, this is 10 years prior to Miz being WWE champion in 2011, after cashing in the money bank on Wharton, um, on the November 22nd, 2010 episode of Raw, to become the champion in the first place, I was like, oh, shit. Okay, we're getting the Miz as WWE champion in 2021. This is actually something different. Many people didn't like it, but I saw it as a different opportunity to, like, boost Miz's character and be champ at the same time, along with John Morrison. So I was like, okay, this is actually pretty cool. You know, this is interesting. I Miz be WWE champion. Let's see where WWE takes us. Of course, the ring didn't last too long, you know, so as it revealed on episode Monday Raw, there was part of a deal for Lashley to attack McIntyre and to miss cash in with the help of Lashley's attack on McIntyre, which actually kind of makes sense overall. But as part of that deal was, Miz had to agree to give Lashley a tower shot for his WWE champion. And I guess you know how the risk goes, guys. So, yeah, pretty cool. And, of course, we had the March 1st episode of Monday Night Raw, where Lashley defeated Miz in a lumberjack match for Lashley finally to win the WWE Championship. And even though it wasn't in front of the live audience, but it was in front of them in Orlando, Florida, the Amway Center, the Thunderdome, which people remember very vaguely. But, yeah, Lashley was finally the WWE Champion. He was finally a World Champion WWE. And this was pretty cool. You know, I, I said a long time that Lashley is World Championship material, and it finally has happened. And I was actually happy about it, just because Lashley had deserved it more than anybody else on that roster to become WWE Champion. It was pretty cool, it was badass, and I enjoyed it. You know, Lashley had finally got that recognition. After Lashley had been um, United Champion, Incarnate Champion, now he's WWE Champion. This was pretty cool. I feel like Lashley needed this, this win to really cement his career as the almighty WWE Champion, Bobby Lashley. And... Thank God it happened. It was pretty cool. It didn't happen on a special event or a pay-per-view event. It happened on the Monday Night Raw, I think, which had more meaning at the time for Lashley to win the championship, you know, and have the fans tune in to see that championship win. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I, I liked it, you know. It was really cool, and it was really badass, you know. And we'll come back after these matches. We'll talk about Lashley's dominance as WWE champion throughout the year 2021. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this full episode of God of Fire Wrestling, featuring us truly Jamal Honus, and we are talking about Bob Lashley's second run of WWE. Now we're at the point where Bob Lashley is finally WWE champion, and all is right with the world. You know, in my opinion, I think Bob Lashley become WWE champion was indeed the best thing for business. So it's it's pretty badass. I like I said again, I enjoyed it for the most part, and I was I was glad that finally happened. You know, at the expense of beating Miz in Lumberjack match, but still, any way it possible, Lashley had deserved it, you know, more than anything. 
And of course, on next week following on Raw, March 8th, 2021's episode Monday at Raw, Lashley will successfully have his first championship defense against the Miz, retaining it, you know, on Monday at Raw. And of course, on the March 29th episode of Raw, if anybody has not seen it, go back to the March 29th episode Monday at Raw. And of course, Lashley would then attack his partners, um, Benjamin and Alexander, as part of her business. After losing to McIntyre in a two-on-one handicap match, and that would really kind of be the ending de faction of the Hurt Business. If you guys really thought it was too soon to end the Hurt Business, you know, please share your thoughts with me on Twitter or my DMs or my phone number. But, like, for me, as far as my opinion goes, I think that was way too soon for the Hurt Business to end. You know, they were together for almost a year, I think, because they got together in May of 2020, so it's a breakup. On in March of 2021, I think it was too soon to end the, their business. They could have been really cool together, you know, really dominant. So, yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was, it was, I think, in my opinion, it was way too soon to end their business. And technically, when I heard the rumor about what would decision to end her business in the first place, it was a Mr. Man call, which I kind of figured it would, you know, go down that way. But for me, I thought it was way too soon. You know, so yeah, I I did agree with that, but of course, and things happen that they due to a reason. So yeah, but now we know that it's gonna be McIntyre versus Lashley at WrestleMania 37 in front of a sold out audience of 25,000 fans for night one and night two. WrestleMania 37 promised had to be one of the best WrestleManias ever after the COVID comeback. I guess I guess after the COVID era comeback period, whatever you want to call it, but. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Of course, WrestleMania 37, for people that seen it, you know, was in Tampa, Florida, with the whole pirate theme in the background. And it was really cool. I, I actually enjoyed the whole event. You know, when I had to take that set of Saturday night off, I think April 10th, to see night one of WrestleMania there, and we heard that, you know, the WWE time match was going to be the, was going to be night one of WrestleMania. I didn't, people did not know that it was going to be the first match to kick off the event. That was pretty huge itself. I was like, oh, sh- it's, it's going to be a first match. And, of course, we had a little delay because of the rain and all that. And, you know, we'll see, like, um, there was water everywhere. People had to evacuate the stadium in Tampa due to the whole rain and thunderstorm that night. Of course, WrestleMania um, 37 had a open open stadium because everything's going to rain down on. So, yeah, but it was pretty crazy. You know, a tremendous match that, you know, I didn't WrestleMania that match started. It was the first match, and it started at, like, 8.30-something p.m. that night. So, but it was a very good match. I actually would end up um, defeating um, McIntyre, I guess, by via submission. Even though McIntyre didn't tap out, he passed out, but Lashley still ended up retaining the championship. I think, even though people would have hoped the McIntyre to defeat Lashley and get that, that they championship went in front of a sold-out crowd, I think was more significant at the time for Lashley to beat McIntyre and to retain the WWE Championship and make him make him seem more dominant than ever before, you know? And, of course, at WrestleMania Backlash in May of 2021, we ended up defeating um, Strowman and McIntyre to the match to retain the WWE Championship again and also defeating um, at, um, McIntyre at Hell in a Cell to retain the WWE Championship in a last-man Hell in a Cell match. You know, that's actually his first Hell in a Cell win at the time. So, 
Yeah, and of course that ended that rivalry with him McIntyre, of course, and he would kind of go on to feel Kofi Kingston, even though I think people had a glimpse of hope of having Kofi Mania again, where Kofi defeated Daniel Bryan in 2019 to become WWE Champion, but I, I really think so. I mean, if you got to look at it, it, it's maybe a good match with Kofi versus Mac and, um Kofi Kingston versus Lashley, but you kind of got to admit, it's kind of a big mismatch. And in a way, it, it was going to be like, okay, yeah, Lashley's going to dominate right before with Kofi Kingston. I love Kofi Kingston. He's one of my favorite superstars, but if you're going to against a guy like Bobby Lashley for the championship, I'm like, eh, yeah, you kind of got to go Lashley on this one. And that's what happened. You know, Monday Bank was actually the first event to see the live audience come back full effect, you know, down in uh, Texas, Fort, Fort Worth, Texas at that time, when they sold out crowd, almost 20,000 fans there, so, of course, actually defeated Kingston, what, less than 10 minutes to retain the David Chancellor, I think this is probably Lashley's easiest title defense ever, so, yeah, pretty much a dumb speech for itself there, you know. And of course, this is real interesting. On July 19th, episode of Raw, the night after Money in the Bank, we've seen Goldberg appear out of nowhere and would challenge Lashley, saying that he's not next, but he is last. This is a chance for Goldberg to win a championship he's never won before in the WWE, that is the WWE Championship. It was to set up a match between Goldberg and Lashley at SummerSlam in Las Vegas at Legion Stadium for the WWE Championship at that time. And of course, you know, we saw what happened at SummerSlam with Goldberg's son getting involved and Lashley retained the championship against, you know, Goldberg. And yeah, so that would that would be kind of end was well, part of the championship in the play, but not the end of the Goldberg Lashley rivalry. Did I kind of want Goldberg to become champion? Not really. I'm a big Goldberg fan, but I was all for as a fan, I was all for like Lashley to read. To wipe the floor Goldberg and still the WWE Champion. I liked it. This was, uh, if you can remember, one other superstar has had a dominant WWE Championship ring. That'll be less than back in 2003. You know, that's kind of how last title ring was in 2021, what's compared to Lesnar's WWE title ring back in 2003. Not 2014 to 2015, but 2003. You know, because Lesnar was destroying everybody in the SmackDown roster during that time. And that was a young Lesnar compared to the now almost four year old Lesnar. So yeah. This this is really, really, really freaking dominant of Bashley's part, you know? So this is pretty crazy, you know? And of course, you know, um at the Sumsum of course like on um September thirty episode of Raw, we had a WWE championship match with uh Bobby Lashley versus Randy Orton. I think this is the first time ever. I don't think I've ever seen a Lashley war match before. And I had a glimpse of it. I was like, oh, shit, Randy Orton's going to defeat Lashley. Single day championship Monday Raw. You know, and then, of course, you know, due to some interference again, um, um, Bobby Lashley retained the day championship with Randy Orton. So I'm thinking, oh, shit, okay. Lashley has no more challenges. Who we forgot that Big E was technically on the SmackDown roster when he won Money Bank back in July in Fort Worth, Texas, but it switched over to Raw and cash in on Big E's championship, in which Big E had a legitimate leg injury or injury, something like that, from Max Orton, which is understandable. Orton likes to target the body parts here. 
but Biggie will successfully cash in on Lashley, and Biggie would defeat Lashley to come to the WWE Championship that night. And it's pretty cool because you thought, you know, Biggie, um, Bob Lashley winning the WWE Championship was significant. It was really for Biggie winning the WWE Championship from Lashley and then Raw to be significant as well. You know, this was pretty damn cool. You know, so yeah, Lashley Championship ended at 196 days. Again, dominant chance for Bob Lashley, but you got him as soon later it would come to an end, you know. Of course, that stream rules. It was supposed to be Lashley and Biggie for a championship, but it turned to a six-man tag with um, Biggie team up with this, again, brother was the New Day from SmackDown, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, to go against AJ, Omos, and Lashley. Of course, the, the New Day as a trio were retaining that the championship. Final Rob. Lashley got a rematch for the championship and, again, being disqualified for, um, by Benjamin Alexander, which we thought the Herpes was going to be formed, but not so much. So, yeah. But, I mean, it would kind of, they would reform for a little bit, amount of time, and then break up again like a month later. So, yeah. So, it's crazy. Adam Pearce made a rematch for Bob Lashley and Biggie to fight the next week inside of Steel Cage, and this is where, this time, Biggie had successfully defended and pin Lashley one two three to retain the WWE Championship. You know, it's not too bad because now we got to resume rivalry with Lashley and Goldberg for Crown Jewel, in which Crown Jewel twenty twenty was a huge success. I think it was equivalent to how WrestleMania was really freaking awesome. But this time, Lashley and Goldberg would meet in a no hold barred match where Goldberg would spare Lashley off the stage, off the rampway, then in Saudi Arabia and defeat Lashley. You know. One, two, three there. So, yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy, you know. But, yeah. You know, I think at this time, you can really tell how dominant Lashley's career is. You know, he's still... I think Lashley, at this point around, compared to his freshman that I mean, he's much more successful. I mean, you see his dominance throughout this past Survivor Series. You know, it's kind of one of the best wrestlers of all time, in my opinion, 2021, but... It was okay for the most part. Team Raw, as he's wrapped on Team Raw with a free team SmackDown that night. And now Lashley has a big match to look for. But Lashley will be involved in a final four match involving Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins to challenge Big E for the WWE Championship at this Saturday, January 1st, day one, at the State Farms Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. And it was promises to be a really good event. So I can't wait to see that event there. And hopefully... You know, if Bob Lashley is lucky again, he he can become a champion again. You know, a two-time WWE champion. If he has his way. But yeah, I want you guys to know, what did you think of Bob Lashley's second championship run in WWE? It's, well, it's not second championship run. It's second run overall in WWE compared to his first run. I think it was a lot better. It got more recognition. He won championships. He was dominant. He had MVP as manager. He had a faction called Hurt Business. I think overall... Bob second run that we which is still going on to this very day, is a tremendous success in so many ways. But I want to know what did you guys think about his second run WWE. Tell me and give me, you know, your possible thoughts, opinions, questions, answers. What did you like about the Bob Lashley's second run WWE? What do you like about it now? Was him running the chance from Raw really a justification, clarification of his entire career? Was it too soon for him to lose the WWE Championship? Was his next championship run? Way too, way too bad. What did you think? You know, hit me up on Twitter, Phenomenal1J. 
text me my phone number, 617-988-5174. You know, write your comments in the sections of my podcast on anchor.fm. You know, just let me know what did you think about Bob Lashley's second one in WWE. I think for me, it was phenomenal. You know, I hope we get to see more truly about Bob Lashley's dominance in the WWE. You know, and more. You know, I hope there's a lot more to come. You know? And, you know, this has definitely been amazing, you know. But next week will be the first episode of 2022 on the God Have Heart Wrestling Podcast. And this is a pretty cool one. I've actually wanted to talk about this for a long time. I, I talk about this guy a lot. I'm going to be talking about Chris Jericho next week, next Wednesday, on my podcast. But I'm going to talk about his comeback, breaking the code. Chris Jericho, 2007 to 2010, before he left to do Tour Fozzie again. And I got to admit. Even though Chris Jericho went from the actual rock and roller to being the best of the world at what he does. You know, him becoming world champion, team with Big Show become Jericho, Show, and consequently team with Edge, and then becoming world champion, I think, what, three times during that run in Chris Jericho's career? And, you know, having that awesome match against Edge of WrestleMania 26, and let's just say Chris Jericho's run that I beat through Town 7 2010 was pretty damn cool. I like it. You know, you got you went from like the bad Jericho from the old to the suit and tie wearing Jericho, saying that he's the best in world of what he does. I think it's pretty cool. We'll all talk about that next week on my podcast, Gotta Have Heart Wrestling. But I hope you guys have had a good Christmas. I hope you guys have a good New Year. Be safe. Hope it's on the rise again. Just keep healthy. Be with your family. We headed into twenty twenty two this Saturday and don't miss that'll be day one live on a peacock. Saturday, January 1st at 7 p.m., you know, on the Peacock. It's going to be really amazing, you know. But, yeah, you know, what did you think? Tell me here. And, you know, I hope you guys have a good day. Enjoy the rest of your 2021. We are headed to 2022. Have a good day, everybody.